speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. I am Marianne Buddy, privileged to serve as the Bishop of this diocese, a great admirer of All Souls Church, its clergy and lay leaders and the ministry entrusted to your care. <clears throat> I'm often in this building because you are such a gracious host to so many gatherings for the wider diocese. And the last time I was in this sanctuary, it was filled with exuberant young girls and women who were joining the first uh, scout troop of girls for the Boy Scouts of America. And it was a joy, joy to behold. And I was honored to be here then and honored to be with you today. Um, happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the church. It's a good day to pause and give thanks for all of our fathers and the father figures of our lives, those who gave us life and have cared for us. Today, I, I especially give thanks to my husband, Paul. He has been an extraordinary dad to our two sons, one of whom, our elder son, became a father himself just a few months ago. My own dad has died. Think of him today. We had, I have to say, we had a tough go of it, um, but came to a place of peace and affection in his later years, for which I give thanks. And I, I do know that that's not always possible with parental relationships, broken human beings that we are. <clears throat> but there is, nonetheless, among the human species, this benevolent parental energy. And thus surfaces in and among us a profound image of a good and loving father, which understandably resides in our primal images of God. It's not the only image, and it isn't necessarily male in the way that we experience gender, but it is real. And it's there for us. It's meant to be there for us as a source of strength and compassion, along with maternal and other images of God, as a way to help us find our way into a relationship. Jesus himself prayed to God as Abba, which is the most intimate term for Father in his native language. And in the prayer that he taught us, he encouraged us to do the same. Again, not because God is a man, but because a loving parent is one way for us to imagine God, and I hope experience God in the times when we need such love. And it's also for those of us called to be parents or to help parent others in this world it's an image of how we are called to love as we are loved. <clears throat> so I was born in New Jersey, educated mostly on the East Coast, but I did spend 23 years of my adult life in the Midwest and 18 of those in Minnesota, which is referred to sometimes for good reason as Lutheran country. There are a lot of Lutherans in Minnesota. And they don't all get along, by the way, but we Episcopalians know something about family fights, so no stones cast there. 
Um, but the influence of the Lutheran Church in the Midwest, in, at the culture at large, is significant. Um, Garrison Keillor, the, uh, in his famous Midwestern show from years ago, A Prairie Home Companion, he went so far as to say that actually everyone in Minnesota is Lutheran, that the Catholics are Lutheran, the Episcopalians are Lutheran, and, and even the atheists are Lutheran, he said, because it's a Lutheran God they don't believe in. Right? Right? So, more seriously, stay with me for a moment on this notion of the God we don't believe in. Now, I, I have this experience with some regularity. Um, people will tell me, and this is particularly people in my family or my circle of friends that don't attend a church, they'll tell me that, that they don't believe in God. Um, which is different from the people who say they do believe in God, it's just church they don't like. That's a whole other category. But I sometimes ask the ones who tell me they don't believe in God to describe the God they don't believe in. And when they do, invariably I say something like, well, I don't blame you for not believing in that God. I, I wouldn't believe in that God either. And truly, and Episcopalians actually are really good at this, we're often, we're often rightly, I think, criticized for being clearer about what we don't believe than what we do. So we could spend the rest of the morning comparing the gods we don't believe in or, have, um, or the images of God that we have struggled with or wonder about. But I'd like to come at this really important topic from the other side and ask us all to take a moment to reflect upon our experiences of holiness or grace, however they've come to you, how you would define for yourself what might be called a God moment. When I ask people about this in smaller group settings and we have the opportunity to share, uh, typically, not always, but typically our responses fall into some general categories. Um, many of us, perhaps all of us, will have an encounter or an experience that we would describe as holy in the natural world. Um, some expression of nature, some way that uh, we are caught up either in the grandeur or the transcendence or the, or the power of the natural world. And that speaks to us of holiness. That's one. Um, a whole other category that is common for us to name for ourselves would be in the realm of human experience, um, some kind of human expression of love or goodness that speaks to us of holiness. I, um, I remember in a confirmation class I taught years ago, one teenager talked about his grandparents and their love for each other and how that was for him a a, a divine 
holy thing to see. Um, now, the Christian tradition, of course, takes this idea of human expression of God and, um, and, and solidifies it or anchors it in the person of Jesus and the witness and the, 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 um, the proclamation of, of what it was like to be in his presence. Um, the world religion <coughs> scholar Houston Smith said that people in his presence kept on finding their estimation of him rising to a new key <clears throat> so that they began to say to themselves, if God were to come among us as a human being, this is what God would look like. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. In him, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And when his death did not take away, but merely, not merely, but incredibly transformed the experience of his presence with them, our forebears came to say of their, their experience that they were in the presence of God, revealed in Jesus, revealed in Christ crucified. A whole third category of holy experiences might be what um, some might call mystical encounter or what the prophet Isaiah spoke of as the still small voice, something deeply personal, um, something you couldn't necessarily point out and show someone else that you experienced, but it was real nonetheless, in answered prayer, or in a sense of presence, or something that gave you or any of us a sense that we are not alone. It's three. So nature, human beings, the person of Jesus, this mystical experience. And then a whole fourth category that I, um, I love as well, which is the experience of community. Um, people will often speak of the holiness they feel gathered in community, and it can be all manner of community family, neighborhood, but when it's in faith community, it often has the added dimension because we gather in faith community in a way uniquely open to the Spirit of God, or we, at least we try to be, and that God often meets us in and through our gatherings and experiences with one another. Right? Now, if we were to go around the room and each talk about our experiences, no doubt there would be some that would fall outside of these categories and have categories all have no category at all. But I mentioned these four in part because I hear them over and over again, but also because they have such deep resonance with the legacy and the witness of our faith traditions uh, revealed to us in in scripture, sacred texts, the examples of um, those who have come before us, and in the Christian faith, the great tradition of our, of our collective story. And I think the invitation to each one of us 
is to take our own experiences and take them seriously and lay them alongside in conversation with tradition and community to deepen our own capacity to follow our experiences. Because sometimes it's tempting to say, well, well, that was weird, and, you know, go on, right? Rather than take it and say, I actually want to anchor my life in experiences like this. Do you know what I'm saying? And that the tradition, the stories, the, the, the rituals, the community can help us take our experiences and amplify them, strengthen them, challenge them. And sometimes our experiences challenge the tradition and the tradition changes. But to allow ourselves to go deeper down the path. I often say to families raising children in the church that one of the best reasons to raise your child in the church is to give them, give your children stories and images and um, a, a larger palette with which they can begin to interpret their own life experiences. And the same is true for all of us. So on, as you look about your life and as you consider this great season of summer before you, here, here's my invitation. Simply to pay attention and honor the experiences that are yours. And dare to trust that they're real. Um, one of the great insights of Christianity is at the heart of God, there is relationship and, and deep desire for whatever reason to be in relationship with human beings. And so to take whatever moments or encounters we have and really live into them and then use this community and other sources of wisdom and insight that are available to you to, to take the next step and go deeper so that your knowledge and your love and experience of God grows over your life. We all see through a mirror dimly. We all, we're never going to get it completely right, right? Um, but to trust the power of experience and wisdom and to follow it, um, that changes a life and gives us a ballast of strength and joy and confidence that is known to those who are touched and changed by the presence of the living God. I pray that for you, for all of you, for those we will baptize and confirm today in your house of prayer. Um, and the next time I come, I hope we can share, maybe even after the service today, just a bit of our stories, because we are strengthened and encouraged by the witness and the experiences of one another. Amen.